This is The Art Life. Hello! I'm Zandra Robinson-Burns, founder of Heroin Training, where we learn to be the protagonists of our lives through writing and podcasts like this one. This episode is about airplane mode. And before we take flight, it is my pleasure to introduce my co-host, actress and activist, Grace Gordon. Grace, how is your art life? Zandra, my art life is so balanced right now, Mm. which I've never said before in my life. (laughs) Um, And I've been looking forward to telling you about this all day. So over the weekend, I just had, and, and today as well, I had numerous experiences where I just had like an extreme in one direction and then I balanced myself out with an extreme in the other. So here's a little, here's a little description of my past couple days. Um, on Saturday, I spent m- most of the day at a wellness event. Uh, my friend Kelly Tennant runs a podcast called Ceremony Wellness. She had her first ever like big live event and it was like 150 women in this beautiful Moroccan like tiled temple um with all of these what like healers there teaching about ayurvedic medicine and healing from trauma and like um movement and functional medicine and it was just it was extremely feminine energy beautiful open healing space and then i went right from there to um a screening and screening of the kaminsky method which is a netflix show and like a talk back and it was just like it was like uh, Michael Douglas was there. He's one of the stars of the show and and Paul Reiser. And it was just like a panel of like cl- like classic Hollywood dudes and women, including Jane Seymour, um, just like talking shit and being so Hollywood. And like it was it was just such a funny just juxtaposition of energy in my day. And then the next day it was the same deal where I like spent all day in bed reading Sandman comics and resting. And then I went to a night shoot and was shooting till like 1 a.m. And then today, just cherry on top, um, I, I spent most of the day working on the podcast. And then I went to see the Joker movie, which has been um, stirring up a lot of controversy, at least here in the U.S. Uh, it's like really violent and it some people are afraid that it glorifies um, like mass shootings and it's a really intense film. It's absolutely hard to watch. And so Katra and I went to go see that in the theaters. And when we got home, we were like, there, you know, there's still hours till you and I recorded. And so we said, um, we need to balance this out. So we went and immediately watched Late Night, which is a oh, female driven yeah. comedy. It's out on Amazon Prime right now. And hilariously, both of those films, like, strongly center around comedy and, like, even late-night shows. And Joker, Robert De Niro plays, like, a late-night TV host. And it was, like, but they're, like, the most (laughs) extreme opposites um, in tone. And I just got to thinking about how this entire past couple days has been, like, going from event to event that are, like, polar opposites but that it's been super grounding for me and i just was like oh i can't wait to tell zandra about this because it's been so wonderful 
and really intentionally thought out like tonight where we said we need to balance out this film with something else and yeah my art life is balanced oh i totally get it now i love that concept and at first i was thinking i i've been fascinated by la lately and in part it's due to the eve babbitts that i've been reading but the the polar opposites you were describing of the wellness morning and the Hollywood evening, those both feel like very LA things to me. And like, that's the whole spectrum. Is that, is that true? Or is that like my fantasy perception of your city? It's definitely true. I think LA has a culture of wellness, which especially when I first moved here was um, really so helpful for me there's a lot of intentional time committed to um nature hiking yoga uh wellness retreats like there's a lot of focus on that here and i do wonder at times if that is because working in or even being like tangentially related to hollywood is can be so taxing on the soul and the body that like there has to be this um, equal and opposite reaction to some of like the sex, drugs, and rock and roll that exists in Hollywood. Mm. I've definitely done what you described of going home and balancing out watching an intense movie with something else. And now I'm trying to think of the precise examples because they're always hilarious. Um, They escape my mind right now, but it's... It's a way of like of tapping into art to to balance us out. I, I really like that concept. I was really excited to see Joker, but I'm so glad that we we watched late night when we got back because I just would not have been in a mental space to do anything afterwards. Mm. Um, and it it did like get me thinking like I can you know where can I create this in all aspects of my life. Where can I create this balance every day? Because the past few days have really felt that way. Do you have any ideas for how you'd like to do that? Well, I think just like being aware of creating that equal and opposite reaction within every day. Because like, for example, when I have a shoot that goes many hours or is late at night, like it's so taxing on the body, so much like harder work than people realize. Um, I mean, acting or modeling. And I, you know, exhaust myself doing those things or, you know, the physical work of it sometimes can include like, I'm like climbing a rock or like doing some stunt or, you know, just emotionally um, emptying myself out if it's acting. And I think I, I understand why rest is so important having been through so many days like that. So I loved that this weekend, like I spent so much time just like reading in bed before my shoot. I, I think that I can even block my days, you know, from here on out, I can block my days as such like, okay, well, here's the big energy expenditure of the day. And here is the way that I balance it out. Or if I'm going to go see a dark, depressing movie, here is the fun thing I do after. I love um, the idea of like when you go to an audition, always schedule something immediately after so that you're not stuck in your head thinking about it 
Mm. I got that advice from like in, in like an acting workshop and I said, oh, I love that. And I think that, yeah, it's like, I mean, this is the art life, right? It's like learning how to stay sane, you know, among the the highs and lows of art life by structuring um, self-care into your day, by knowing what you need after seeing something really depressing, by um, knowing how to protect yourself from anxiety or insecurity after you've, like, had an audition or, you know, submitted to a literary magazine, whatever it is, you know, that makes you feel vulnerable. Like, you can know that then you get a treat after. <laughs> I like the the physics of the treat, the equal and opposite reaction, because it's something that I think about anyway. For me, it's being a guest on someone's podcast, and I have a couple of of interviews lined up later this month, and I think about, I know afterwards I'm going to be so hyped up and thinking about what I said and thinking of clever things that I could have said that came to me too late and I'm just dwelling on it. And so I'm thinking about what is the best way to wind down from from that part of my work. And I think you are onto something there with doing something that is opposite. And, you know, what's interesting is like, I think it could to a listener or someone I'm introducing this concept to, it could sound like so manic depressive <laughs> to be like putting myself in extremes all the time. But for me, at least for the way my own mind and body work, like this is like the ideal center. Like this is me feeling centered and grounded. Like nothing can throw me off in either direction. Nothing is like overstimulating because there's always something grounding after. I just feel so good right now and I'm I'm looking back on the past few days and seeing why. Even though they've been very busy, you know, and very um social days as well. So you have podcast interviews uh coming up. What's up? You uh I do. been on some other podcasts without telling me? <laughs> I'm doing a little tour. <laughs> Sandra, how is your art life? <laughs> I was going to say cinematic adjacent and then you said tangentially Hollywood, and it's a bit of that as well. Um, first of all, something hilarious is that there are a couple of big movies filming in Edinburgh right now, and everyone is so excited. Do you know what they are? I do. It was Fast and Furious 9. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> and now there's a Will Ferrell comedy filming here. And so we've just been minding our own business, walking across the city, and we keep stumbling upon film sets. And it's just, it's so thrilling. And I always think of you, Grace, and I'm like, is is this just, like, what your normal life is like? Well, it's somewhere in the up and down. <laughs> it's, it's somewhere in the exciting, extroverted, sometimes glamorous, always intense f- set life. And the, I have like 10 blankets on my bed right now for ultra sleep. <laughs> like it's somewhere in between. <laughs> I just, I feel like such a nerd getting so excited about all these things that like must be so normal um, in LA. But then the other thing we did was we were not really sure if we wanted to see a movie. We kind of half felt like it. So We committed to the walk across town to our old neighborhood where the 
there were several beautiful independent cinemas there. There's the film house and the cameo. And I miss being so close to those cinemas. We have a cinema near us now, but it's like a big multiplex one. And it's just not the same. But we got there and Steve is going away for a few days and then I'm going away for LeakyCon. And so we're like, well, we could go see a movie or we could just talk for a little bit. And so we ended up going to the Cameo Bar, which is a bar that's part of the cinema. And it was this really cool feeling of getting that atmosphere of being at the cinema without actually seeing a movie. And we were thinking about all the other movies we'd seen there. It's a dog-friendly cinema. They do dog-friendly events. So Snug has been there a couple of times. And it was cool to just sort of soak up the energy of going to the movies, which I love, without actually seeing a movie. I love that so much. And that is actually something I do quite often in in LA. The Arclight Hollywood Theater it's like a big movie theater in like right smack dab center of Hollywood that also has a restaurant and bar and coffee. I actually have a little bookstore in it, which you would love. Um, and uh, I sometimes tell people to just meet me there for coffee because the people watching is just incredible. And I've started noticing some people writing um, on their laptops, like at, you know, during at random hours during the day. And I'm like, yeah, these people get it. There's just an energy about like a movie theater um and all of the people you know meeting and i don't know i just think that the people watching is so fantastic i love doing that and it's so cool that you just did that you're reminding me as well that i used to write there when it was around the corner from me i would be thinking scanning through my my Rolodex of favorite local cafes and then go, oh yeah, or I could just go to the cinema and they they serve tea there. They'll have plenty of space because it's the middle of the day at a cinema. It's so inspiring. Well, and we are already unintentionally getting into the subject of today's episode, which is making our work work wherever we are. Mm. So I wanted to give everyone some warning that we're going to be playing a different Rory clip than we usually do because last week on the show, I talked about her new song, Train, and how much I love it. And Grace and I got talking about trains, planes, and automobiles and our, our work styles as we're in transit. So we thought it would be a great opportunity to play you a little bit of the song right now. So just so you know, Something a little bit different is coming in your ears. Your phone has not randomly started to switch to Spotify or anything. So here is Train by Rory. Know the right place to go. Know the right place to be. When my mind is staying on the tracks.
So last week, Grace, you mentioned reading Austin Kleon's book, and that was the other half of the inspiration for this week's topic. Would you like to share a bit about that? Last week was just such a perfect combination of Rory's song coming out, which got me thinking about all of the time I have spent on trains and writing on trains. And then in the same, at the same time, maybe even the same day, I read Keep Going by Austin Kleon, which I talked about on the show last week. And in particular, there was a, a chapter, a couple pages about airplane mode and about creating when on an airplane. Um, my parents split up when I was super young and my mom moved to Philly when I was about 12. And I would always take the Amtrak train to go visit my dad for years. And I would like sit on the train and um, and write or read or learn how to read tarot or learn Arabic. I always used the train time, even when I was in middle school and high school, as like a really intentional time to create and not be on my phone. And now I travel so much for work that I do the same when I'm on an airplane. And I was just so excited to read this passage in Austin Kleon's book. So this is from Keep Going. I'm going to read just a little excerpt from his chapter about tuning out and never paying for Wi-Fi on an airplane. Every time I'm on an airplane now, I think about all the art I could be making. My writing teacher used to joke that the first rule of writing is to apply ass to chair. Because you're forced to switch your electronic devices into airplane mode, and you're literally buckled into a chair, I find planes to be a terrific place to get work done. But why not replicate the experience on the ground? You don't need to be on a plane to practice airplane mode. Pop in some cheap earplugs and switch your phone or tablet to airplane mode, and you can transform any mundane commute or stretch of captive time into an opportunity to reconnect with yourself and your work. Airplane mode is not just a setting on your phone. It can be a whole way of life. Woo! And that just, I love this book. I love Austin Kleon, and I love how much his work is in alignment with what we talk about on this show. Living in LA, everyone tells you you have to have a car to get around. That's like the first thing people said to me when I even spoke about moving here. You have to have a car. You're going to have to get a car. And guess what? You know, I'm two and a half years into my my move here and I still don't have one. And people are shocked that I choose to Metro or Uber to get around. And I always tell people that it seems like one of the most stressful parts of living in LA is driving itself, hmm. is dealing with traffic, which is terrible and um, parking and parking tickets. And because I don't have a car, I don't have to worry about any of that. Um, Sometimes my commute is longer because I take the metro or I take like an Uber pool or a Lyft pool, but that is so worth it to me because not only do I not have to deal with the stress of being in the driver's seat, but I also use my commute anywhere I go to read or to write or to catch up on some work. So I also have this like golden time every day where I'm in transit and can be creating. 
And I'm just so happy about that. I love how you have set that boundary. Speaking of boundaries the other day, how you have taken, you fixed this LA problem, first of all, by it, it seems like you've copy pasted that those memories of of time spent on trains on Amtrak and replicated that in your life as much as you can. One of my favorite authors, Jeff Zentner, who wrote um, one of my all-time favorite books, The Serpent King, he wrote that entire book on his iPhone on the bus to work every day. Wow. Jeff is a lawyer and he has written several young adult novels on his phone, on his commute. And I'm like, that is the most inspiring thing in the world to me. I even love like when I'm in New York, just seeing people reading on this Mm. metro, on the subway. Oh, I've spent too much time in LA. I'm calling it the metro. Um, (laughs) Very Parisian too. Yes. It's also very Parisian. Exactly. Ugh. Um, (laughs) There's something very sacred about this time in in a commute or in the air or on a train or there's something that like has so much possibility to be sacred and um it's just so funny to me when when I hear people complain about traffic or a long flight because I'm like well you are you listening to any audiobooks or like do you, you know, are you working on anything when you're on your flight? And I don't say that to like shame anyone or, or, you know, imply that they're lazy. It's that like the travel time is something that's really special to me. Yeah. And it's when I get a lot of my ideas. It is an opportunity. And it's one of those things that it's so easy to throw away and, and mistake for a, an obstacle or a burden, but it can actually be a really sacred time. And going back to what we were saying in the introduction about winding down from work, it's something I don't have a commute. And I, I see that as one of the luxuries of living in in a central part of a small walkable city. But it, I mean, also sometimes I, I kind of miss the ritual of, and now I am in between home and work. The commute is such an important part of my creative practice that I've even dedicated hours to like a fake commute. Tell me <laughs> more. I, I I moved to a <laughs> different. This is no, yeah. I mean, maybe you will you will use this. Maybe not. I am used to doing a lot of walking. Um, growing up in Philly and then the neighborhood that I lived in for the first two years here in LA, I've always walked as much as possible. And recently I moved to the Valley and um, it's a, it's just a little bit less walkable like as a place. I can still walk to the Metro, but I do find that I spend more time like taking an Uber or, you know, like carpooling with Katra since we do so much together. That's my roommate. Um so I'm, I have less walking time than I'm used to. And for me, that's a lot of sacred time to like download, mentally download uh, music, to listen to audiobooks and just like the meditative practice of walking brings me so many of my ideas. So I have just um, started just walking at night 
when I was training for the 5k I was running but um I have just basically every night for the past few weeks at least just gone out anyway and just walked around in circles because (laughs) not tight circles like around the block (laughs) Um, but it's it's like it's such an important part of my life and the way you know the way that I come up with ideas or ground myself after a long day and I'm not used to not having it and so yeah yet again I'm just like I'm, I don't totally understand the frustration with the commute or with travel because, um, at least in my, in my art life, that's some of the most sacred time that I have. Your evening walk is reminding me of a couple of things. First of all, I was sharing the story of how last night we went to the cinema, even though we weren't sure if we wanted to go to the cinema. And part of my, part of that discussion was, well, if we don't know if we want to go to this, it's like such a far walk to go to that particular one. And Steve was saying, no, it's, it's nice though, that we get to talk on the way there and then talk on the way back. So it's like our cinema commute. And then every, every morning, every Tuesday morning when we record, um, Steve and I will share the, the, the job of taking Snug out in the morning and he he usually takes her out in the morning which i appreciate but on tuesdays i have learned that i actually prefer to take her for a little walk because that helps me like commute to the studio to to record this we're just being outside in fresh air and walking around with our puppy who needs to go walking around anyway that helps me get ready to be present for this Something that's so funny about finally getting into this discussion with you is like, I thought that I was going to be talking about how you make time to fit in your art. You know, you you find the place wherever you can fit it in. And sometimes <laughs> that's even on the plane or sometimes that's even on the train or in the Uber. But what this has ended up making me realize is like, oh, I actually need the commute itself. Yeah. Like the commute itself is a is a daily practice or a creative practice for me. Or airplane mode is like precious. And that's totally not what I even that's not what I would have expected when we started this episode. I mean, I think there's truth in that in that on its own, but I wonder if you also set us up for this discussion with that story about balance in your art life and the commute is is an example of that where you're you're zooming somewhere you're moving from place to place but it's also this spacious time to to reconnect to yourself well and like you know travel by by air can be really stressful for some people dealing with the airport and and you know if if you have fear of flying and you know you're yes you're zooming from one place (laughs) to another quite literally but it can also be like you're suspended in time. Mm. There's no electronics and it's just time for yourself. So for me, it's like just the most relaxing time of the month when I'm on the road. And I'm, of course, also glad to be talking about this when you and I are both flying to Boston this week. Yes, we will have long flights ahead of us where we can do whatever the hell we want. But I'm like, oh, maybe I can, you know, go into it really intentionally. I have I have 10 days of travel ahead of me 
and I'm like, oh, how can I use this special time I have on all these, like, all these car rides and flights? I'm so excited. So when you were describing your, um, we need another word for this because it's not a commute, but it's like a regular journey, um, yours being on Amtrak growing up. And mine was the flight from London Heathrow to Boston Logan, which I would take a few times a year when I was a student at Oxford and my family is living in Boston as they are now. I got so used to that that journey. And part of it for me was it was signaling the beginning and end of term. And at Oxford, the work never stops. So there was always a reading list. There were always assignments that I needed to be working on. And a, a big secret part of that degree was it was about figuring out what you would prioritize because it's impossible to get through everything. Um, and so it was this, this the constant feeling of feeling behind that only I as an individual could define for myself what what being behind meant. So I used to try to use that time to squeeze in work where I thought, oh, I, I have half of this novel that I still need to finish before term starts. So I have several hours ahead on the airplane. I'll just do it then. But I realized as well that airplanes for me are not best spent that way. I I can imagine how I can spend that time, but I found that the time is best spent when I preserve that in-transit attitude of not having any obligations, of not having any urgent assignments, because that kind of work feels like Wi-Fi on work. Totally. Yeah. So if I'm depending on the airplane time to get something done, then it, it goes right back to being a stressful commute. But if I embrace the fact that I am strapped to a chair with nothing but unlimited movies, then... <laughs> anything could happen well and i think something that's important to note is like when i talk about the sacred time i don't always mean that i'm writing or learning lines um i often am watching a movie or reading a book or writing a letter just because i want to and i think something that i'm trying to get at is that as that is as important to the art life as the work Mm. The watching of movies, the reading of the book, the turning off Wi-Fi and being fully present with the letter that you're writing. I mean, I feel like that's just as important to my art as learning the lines. And it excites me to hear that you're like, no, you know, I don't (laughs) I don't want to have homework when I'm on the flight because that'll just make it not fun. And I'm like, okay, but the yeah, like the fun part. That's part of your work, too, as I'm begrudgingly learning through this show. (laughs) Remember a few episodes ago when I didn't use the word fun ever? I have been using it so much. Growth. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) You've come so far. And you're you're telling me, like, don't forget the fun counts. (laughs) I don't know who I am right now. (laughs) Well, you're still describing... What you're describing is the fun part. Um, and at first you were using the word work, word work 
to um to describe that and to just got you to say fun right there but i think there's such an important <laughs> distinction between like using it to be using that time to be productive versus using that time to as this as this free for all of whatever you feel like doing well and perhaps that's why when people talk about like the long commute that they have i don't totally understand it because i'm what i hear is like an amazing opportunity to like listen to audiobooks for two hours a day yeah and even even audiobooks which i struggle with i i'm really choosy with audiobooks and have only really been able to connect with ones that feel like they should be an audiobook like Lauren Graham's book for instance I started to read it and it just it sounded so much like her speaking voice that I switched to the right. audiobook and had a, a grand time um but like sometimes I will listen to audiobooks or listen to podcasts even because I feel like I should and that can fall into that work bucket as well of like oh I, I should listen to this this is productive I think that's totally fair and I'm learning in myself to accept that I often want to listen to music when I'm on my nightly walk, even though I do have a should in my mind that I should be reading, you know, ear listening to the current audiobook that I have on deck. Um, lately, I've just wanted to listen to music and I've gone, oh, but this is time that I could be reading. And I'm like, no, this isn't anything. This is a time that I'm going <laughs> for a walk. This is, you know, me choosing to listen to music is absolutely acceptable. I found that it's such a grounding practice when I put in my earbuds to decide what I need. And it could be listening to a podcast. It could be listening to music. It could be taking my earbuds straight back out again and deciding to walk in silence. But taking that moment to check in with myself and ask what does what do my what does my brain need what does my body need right now that is like a micro meditation in itself i have a secret to tell you ooh which is that i have like what is maybe an unconscious pattern or choice it's never it never feels intentional but i have this pattern when i'm on a flight of watching things that are like extremely heavy and crying through them or like reading books that are really intense or like getting to the end of you know a really meaningful book and just crying through it never like loudly or sobbing but like the plane has also become <laughs> this like little safe space for me to really feel my feelings when when fully invested in a piece of art. I do feel like unless I'm at the movie theater, I'm often semi-distracted when watching movies at home. And when I'm on the plane, I am all in, baby. Because there's airplane mode. There's nothing else going on. And I've had so many experiences in the past few years as my, my travel time has increased of like, being so present that I'm so much more affected and it's cathartic it's not you know it's not a bad thing but it's like you know maybe my body needs that so I have actually tried to google this if there's any 
science to support getting emotional on airplanes because I too experience this. What? I do. And but it's here's what's weird. It's not it's not always heavy movies. It's just like whatever I watch on an airplane makes me cry. Like I was watching Katy Perry part of me and by the end of it I was like she just wanted to be herself the whole time. That's all that she needed. amazing. <laughs> and then I I land and I'm like was it really an emotional movie or is there like something going on at that altitude? Now I'm genuinely so curious about that. I, I really want to look it look up. look very deeply, but... <laughs> because it is, it's such a specific experience to have. Yeah. And that, the fact that we both have it really makes me wonder. But I do really wonder also if it's that we're on airplane mode. Mm. I do really like that theory about being more present And it reminds me, I always think about this time that Steve and I were in between flats and we stayed in an Airbnb for a month, which we booked into on accident with no Wi-Fi. So we we showed up with like a fraction of our possessions in the middle of moving and I I had this horrible realization that... I work from home running an online business and we're we're in an Airbnb with no Wi-Fi for a month. And I actually look back on that experience as so blissful. I've never had better work-life balance in that airplane mode sense of being able to just switch off from all of the task-related things with work because I couldn't check my email. I couldn't tweak the website we got into these really fun uh habits of like going to starbucks picking a movie buying it on itunes downloading it and then watching it on the sofa in our airbnb and when we had to pause the movie to use the bathroom or whatever i found myself reaching for my phone to like who knows what that's just the habit and realizing there was nothing there for me. Getting into this habit of just sitting and waiting for a couple of minutes before we could resume the movie. It makes me wonder whether airplane mode is something, not not just the, the idea of it, but, but actually putting your devices on airplane mode is something that I can bite the bullet and choose more often in my daily life. Um, There's so many artists and even like wellness uh, gurus and healers and doctors who say put your stuff on airplane mode, even if it's for an hour a day, put it on airplane mode and allow yourself that time. And I like I get so anxious at the thought of that. Oh, well, well, you know, what if there's a family emergency? What if my agent calls me? What if like like this or that? And it's like. If it's outside of business hours and I want an hour of day of that, I can choose it. And it's so hard. I have found to choose it rather than have it forced upon me. It definitely takes self-discipline, even though we both know that it feels so good. Even if you resisted the idea, like when you had the Airbnb, you were like, well, what the heck am I going to do? And then it was blissful. But, you know, now at this 
at this point in your life, you're like, well, I can't really do that every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, we tried it. We, because one, one day I was like, oh, remember when we were in the Airbnb and it was so nice. And we, we tried like switching off our home Wi-Fi at a certain hour of day, but it was just too easy to switch it back on. And it became this annoyance rather than something that was giving us freedom because we would find something that needed to happen and then before you know it the wi-fi was back on but it just there's this buffer of a few minutes in between for it to warm up and what i learned is that i need to be on board with the idea as much as i need to be switching a mode on my phone putting a screen blocker or having switching something off that is helpful but it only goes as far as i am committed to it so is this something that you would want to structure into your life or are you saying that you tried and there's just other ways to do it what i do is i build up self-knowledge of when is the best time for me to be connected? And this is something that I, I wrote about in my Like Owl Post essay. I know that I write better in the mornings and that I will write better in the mornings if I also haven't been communicating with people first. So if I wake up and I check my text messages or I check my emails first thing, then that is creative energy that is leaking and I know that if I wait and check those things after I write, then that'll be a better use of that energy for me. And so I set up a screen blocker that will remind me, it'll gray out the the apps that will distract me. So it's but it's it's more of a reminder, it's more of an aid than something that's enforcing it. I have to do the enforcing myself. I'm just realizing through this discussion that I don't really have an airplane mode time of my day, mm. that I do journal and I do meditate and um, I have, you know, my walking. But to be quite honest, like I've been very distractible lately, even though I, you know, maintain my practices and it might be time to to work in the airplane mode. How exciting for you. Yeah, it is exciting. Um, I don't, you know, as as discussed recently, as a night owl, I don't need the um, the morning to be my sacred creative time. I really, I really love to work at night, but I still need the time to unplug. I still need the airplane mode, and even on my 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 nightly walks, like I'm, I still bring my phone with me, which means that it's not on airplane mode because I have music playing and. I'm just I'm just excited right now because I'm I'm thinking exactly this and thinking it might be time to mm. work this in every day. I think the evening walk would be such a beautiful time to to warm up to that. I think so too. Yeah. Something that I I used to do when I had an iPod touch and not a in a separate non-smartphone is I would have to tell people Okay, I'm I'm texting you on Messenger because I'm on Wi-Fi, but I'm about to leave my house and I don't have data, so please switch to text 
please call me if you need to get in touch with me. I'm not going to be able to see this. And I realized that now that I have a smartphone, I can still set that that encouragement, that boundary and say, okay, um, I'm heading out now. I'm going offline now. So text or call me. And it's it's like an extra thing that I, an extra weight that I can lift from myself to know I don't have to, I, ha- I hate having data on. So I only turn it on if it's an emergency. And if I'm meeting somebody- I didn't know that about you. Yeah, so I, I don't actually know how people- do things generally with smartphones. So would as a smartphone user, would you just have data on in general? Yeah, man. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Does it run up charges or anything? Well, I'm I think I'm on an unlimited plan. So okay. so it's just always running and I'm not I'm not like running up charges. Um but that is of course, you know, a double-edged sword, right? Because I have no limits which means mm-hmm. I can be on my phone all day. I can watch Netflix on my phone, like, I, I, which isn't ideal, but I just mean if I wanted to, I can be streaming all of the time. Um, and it is a curse, I think, in a lot of ways, um, which is part of why time spent at the actual movie theater is so important to me and so important to Katra as well. Like, we go to the movies at least once a week and ideally more um which is absolutely such a luxury but it's also in part because the phones are off and we're fully present with the art and that just doesn't exist if i'm at home right now Mm. i was thinking about this as yesterday i went to a yoga class for the first time in a long time and i got that same feeling that we're describing where i i've been doing yoga at home just improv yoga or playing some music or video, but it's so easy to just stop or to not have that container that is so luscious as going to a class and leaving your shoes and your phone by the door. And you're just, you're there, you're committed. And that's the same thing as going to the cinema versus watching a movie at home on my laptop is I'm I'm in my assigned seat and the the lights are out and my phone is off and there's this whole ritual this contextual ritual surrounding it that just feels makes me feel more present because of all of the the steps that I've gone through to to commit to being there. Since we're both going to be getting on planes in a number of days before we wrap up, I want to ask you, I know you're not going to assign yourself any work. But if you are looking forward to anything that you're going to do on the plane, tell me now. And then I can't wait to hear what your answer is. Planes are my movie time. That's what I look forward to. And it's been it's been challenging since I now have the power to download things on Netflix because it's just like on my phone. It's not the same as as wondering what movies they'll have on the really bad airplane quality tiny screen but i i love that ritual of like scrolling through on the outdated uh touch screen technology that you get on airplanes and getting that <laughs> i I'm, I'm getting really nostalgic about like the fuzzy rocky poor quality airplane movies it's definitely an exciting ritual <laughs> The other thing that airplanes inspire in me 
is a, a like a life assessment of my daily rituals. I often find myself getting out. I always make sure that I bring paper now, like plain paper on airplanes, because I will be inspired to to daydream out my daily rituals. That's where I started doing that. Now I teach it. I teach workshops on on envisioning your daily routine. Like that's something that I just thought to do on an airplane one time because I had the space to think of it. So who knows? How about you? I recently got an iPad. Mine had broken last year. And so some of the, you know, the planes nowadays don't have uh, screens in them anymore because they just assume that you have something downloaded or, you know, the in-flight entertainment app on your smartphone or iPad. So I'm excited because I finally have an iPad again and I can, you know, be watching something on there. Um, last time I flew, I watched Patterson, which is a beautiful, very art life film about um, a bus driver in Patterson, New Jersey, who uh, is a poet too and who like takes little breaks during his his work day to write poetry um and that was just like a perfect plain slash art life movie so this time around i know that i'm going to download something in advance and i'm not quite sure what yet um but definitely a film and not just like a show that i'm going through definitely something Mm -hmm. that i've been meaning to watch and haven't watched yet probably the Killing of a Sacred Deer or The Lobster, two films that I've been meaning to watch when I can be fully present. And besides that, um, I, I don't know. I'm excited to find out what I decide to read or bring with me. Um, I'm sure that it will just be a lovely experience being able to be fully present with it. So Patterson sounds like the perfect movie pairing with this episode. Yes, it's so good. Adam Driver is phenomenal in it. I cannot recommend that movie enough. Like it's it's transportation related. It's making art related. Yeah. Have you seen it? I haven't, but you know what? I think it was on my like airplane watch list a few flights ago. Well, it is on Amazon Prime, I believe. So if you're able to to load it up somewhere, okay, maybe you can watch it on your travels. And I'll see you soon. Mm. <laughs> Full discussion soon. I just I have a feeling it's just going to be on the airplane. It's going to be available. It's going to be there for me. I love that. Yeah. Well, I'll report back next week when we record in person. So, what is the art life? The art life is building sacred spaces. Mm. Sandra, what is the art life? The art life is movement. I usually find something as we're recording in the middle of the episode and I think, oh, that's what the art life is. And I write it down and I, I got so into this discussion that I forgot to do that this time. But I think... I think there's something to that energy that we're describing of like, you need to be moving around. Well, I just I, I think it's perfect because we're talking about all these different forms of, of movement, of transportation. We're talking about Austin Kleon's book called Keep Going. And I myself am like creaky from 
a weekend of not working out. So I'm, as we've been recording this episode, I've been like swinging my arms and stretching. (laughs) So it's just absolutely perfect and what I needed to hear. I love that detail. (laughs) Video version of the art life. Just exercise with grace. Yeah. The Joker movie was so stressful that I was actually sore after. (gasps) Ooh. Which is definitely a testament to how effective it was. Uh, But I would not recommend if you don't want to put yourself uh, through turmoil. Oh, dear. Do you want to go first this time? Where can people find, find your art, Grace? I am still uh posting my thoughts inspirations and little mini rants on instagram (laughs) i'm at grace gordon official there and um i am on patreon it's been a really good week for patreon i'm i'm feeling really grateful about the space because i had um a couple patrons like like increase their pledges this week and in the past couple weeks i've had some folks who had left for a while you know whether it was financial reasons whatever it is it's not my business i had a couple people come back to patreon and that felt so good to to welcome people back and to have people invest even further and it's like i'm just feeling um i'm feeling reminded that i'm creating art for my patrons that that's my community. I've had messages show up there recently, people asking me for um for recommendations on horror movies. And it's just been a really lovely a lovely week in the world of Grace's Patreon. So patreon.com slash Grace Gordon Official. I'm posting art that I make. I'm I'm posting podcasts and modeling and films, but I'm also creating for the community. And isn't that what your your page says at the top? creating because it asks you to fill in what you're creating and yours is art and community it's art and connection art and connection yeah Yeah, and I think you really do embody that with your patreon and it's not true of of every artist that I support on on patreon and people have different People have different ways that they engage with their communities, but I want to say that yours especially really does feel like a clubhouse. Thank you so much for saying that. It's it's so important to me that it it does. I was remarking even this week on like I have a new patron, Dan, who has been writing these long notes in response to Art Life episodes or um, my blog posts. He's been writing these really thoughtful responses and you know it's like he just joined recently i think he probably found me on instagram and it's like a dollar a month and he's so engaged with Mm -hmm. what i'm making and what we're making zandra and i was like it's just so it's just so special you know to to connect this way with someone um and i've obviously mentioned patrons like ashley and sean before on the show but i'm feeling um super grateful for all of them this week what about you, Zandra? Where can people find your art? I publish all of my writing on heroinetraining.com on my website. That's where you can find my Like Owl Post essay and new writing each week. I have a, a newsletter where I I send you the um I, I can send you these things directly if you prefer, and you'll find the link to that on my website as well. Or if you're an Instagram person, I also publish my writing there. Did you see my poem today, Grace? 
Oh, I saw it. I <laughs> teared up at it. I thought it was. Beautiful. Were you on an airplane already? I was so moved. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even like it wasn't even altitude altitude <laughs> induced emotions. I was so moved that you wrote that it was dedicated to me and I was so re-inspired to go spend time at the library. Um Sandra for those listening wrote a beautiful poem about Wendell Berry an essayist we both love and about like forming uh friendships and connection through through books i mean that's the best way that i can describe it i the you know the better option is to of course read the poem yes enjoy (laughs) well the the poem is um the poem is called wendell berry book club and it's on all of the places that i just described but it is true that this is another poem that started out as not a poem that in working on this show i have been inspired to to play with different art forms and um so yeah i wanted to thank you for that inspiration it is a lovely piece of writing and it was it was made even more perfect by the fact that we are going to see each other this week because of a harry potter conference and um it was just perfectly timed this idea of connecting through literature on the week that we're going to see each other because of harry potter And I will pretend that that was completely intentional. (laughs) (laughs) I like that it wasn't. Yeah. I think it's even more special that it's so much a part of your life and who you are. That's not something you have to plan. That's That's going to be in all of your work. (laughs) (laughs) It's been really fun, actually, in the few in the poems that I have written that I, I feel like I have permission to write in the way that I normally write where I'm I'm referencing Harry Potter and referencing things in my daily life and uh, they're just illuminating in different ways and 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 that's really fun. Well, I will see you in a matter of days and the next episode will be recorded in person. I think it's so poetic that we have we started this show in Philadelphia. The idea was born in Philadelphia, your hometown. And then episode 10 will be recorded in my hometown of Boston. So I'm excited to see where that brings us. As always, these synchronicities are exciting, but no longer surprising. <laughs> because we really, we really, I think we both know that we're, we're doing something right by making this show. Yeah. And, and it's nice to be rewarded with little signs from the universe like that Mm. and it's been so lovely to be rewarded with little letters and notes and instagram posts from our our audience and friends as well so to all of you thank you and wherever wherever in the world you are on whatever mode of transport or standing still good night good morning and everything in between And I hope that if you have a commute today, you even take a couple minutes to turn it into a sacred space. Enjoy. Goodbye. Bye. This is The Art Life, a heroin training podcast with Grace Gordon and me, Zandra Robinson-Burns. You can find us online at theartlife.show and send letters to The Art Life, care of Grace Gordon, 
P.O. Box number 4292, Valley Village, California, 91607. Or email us, theartlife at heroinetraining.com. Our theme music is The Stream by Rory. Thank you for joining us.